Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 349. Yeah. Welcome to another week, another episode of the old Big Blue Box. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. If you've uh, just discovered this podcast, then welcome. It's all good. I hope this is a good first experience, <laughs> checking out the podcast, or it could go horribly wrong. Who knows? But if you're one of the um, long-time listeners, one of the old grizzled ancients, then welcome back. It's good to have you all here listening to us waffle about Doctor Who, as always. Mm. Last week was an interesting one. We got some feedback <laughs> about the episode yeah. last week. <clears throat> so that was a really interesting one. We couldn't we couldn't hide it. This is a good point, actually. For those I just mentioned, if you are just joining us, if this is your first ep or your first few eps of uh, listening to our podcast, then we don't uh, we don't subscribe to the whole follow the crowd or, or the other end of the scale. We don't just say, if anything's good or bad or not just for the sake of it, we'll give you our 100% honest opinions, mm. which I think is important. So we had a few people say, oh, you guys are trash. You guys are rubbish now. <laughs> because you've given a negative review and uh there was a few people that said um yeah it's just not on you shouldn't be criticizing the show every time there's something poor or there's a poor episode so you know if that's uh if that's your view then then that's all good that's cool but um yeah obviously we don't agree we feel like there's nothing wrong with uh with some criticism especially of uh of doctor who it's not like um what I'm trying to say, it's not like the show should just sort of uh, tread water and you know wade through through treacle and and especially with the episode that we reviewed last week, Legends of the Legends of the Sea Devils, where there were some shocking bits. Let's be honest, and um, <coughs> yeah, you know, narratively and visual effects wise and stuff, some some of that wasn't great. But um, and we feel we like don't we should away from our opinion, <laughs> not at all, no. And we feel like we, we should hold have. hold hold the beeb and whoever else chibbers and stuff accountable for that because we want a really uh, good show i'll tell you what mate i've enjoyed listening to some of the other podcasts mm. as well just to see if we were in line with them and uh um we pretty much were actually i think every review i've i've listened to has, has actually agreed with ours which made me feel a bit better because i think when we finished recording last week we were both like oh that was a bit ranty or no you know mm -hmm. a, we don't like to criticize stuff to that extent but it, it really was that sort of episode so i've enjoyed listening to other podcasts this week just to see what they think and you know what really um brings it home to me is i, I was listening to uh, I think it's just called the Doctor Who Show podcast. You know that one that was running for years, and they do yeah. like a UK and British review. And the UK guys was pretty much saying the same as us. And I thought oh, I'll be interesting to hear the American version uh, next week to see because normally they're much more positive. Those mm. guys. Um, <laughs> and so I listened to it yesterday, and uh, there's a guy in there. I forget his name. He's always the most positive one of the lot always and i've never heard anyone get so angry on a podcast before he absolutely <laughs> obliterated it and i was thinking wow if these guys 
are getting that cross, then we, we we're fine. I mean, he was he was much more angry than we were. <laughs> I've never heard him like that about an episode ever. Um, so yeah, it's I think it's cool. I think um, the general consensus was it just wasn't a great episode. And I think um, I think we're cool, dude. I think a lot of people, not everybody, obviously, I think a lot of people agreed with the criticisms that were given for it. it um, was a bit of a, a letdown. So it's all good, I think. But probably not the best podcast. If you've never listened to us before, imagine if that's your first one. Oh, let's give oh, these God. guys a go. They've been going for years. Let's listen to the <laughs> Cedar review. Blimey. Yeah. No, I read you. And yeah. I, yeah, I had the same thing, dude. Listen to a few. Uh, I don't listen to too many Doctor Who podcasts these days just because, uh, you know, you can't, there's not enough hours in the day to listen to oh, exactly, all yeah. that stuff. And listen to plenty of other podcasts as well. So I haven't got time to listen to all of them. So I think I listen to about three or four these days. And uh, they were very much of the same uh, of the same opinion, pretty much. So yeah, the Doctor uh, Who show good. one's good. We, we we both listen to that, don't we? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, so that was, I think that's the first one I listened to because like, they get theirs out pretty quick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, so if that was your opinion, dear 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 listener, then that's all. That's all great. You know, we'd never argue with you all. We'll get into it with you if that's your opinion, and that's all good. But similarly, or conversely, we also had some really good feedback to say. You know, it was uh, it was an honest review, which is good because uh, we've been down this road many times before, where we've spoken about other podcasters or YouTube creators or people that are in the Doctor Who space that have at some point or are now attached to the BBC in some way. Their hands are tied, so even if they didn't like it, they have to say they like it. If you know what I mean, so we Riding would certainly, the BBC gravy train. Yes, we would certainly not go down that uh, that road. But anyway, that was last week. So I hope you enjoyed that review. This week, though, uh, it's going to be fairly light on news. We've got nothing to talk about, so we are going to get into yeah. our review of our our Matt Smith story, his last ever story, the time of the Doctor, mm-hmm. which will be good. But um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's very light. So, dude, have you had a good week? I know you haven't done anything too <clears throat> hooey, but you're all good, mate. Yes, I'm all good. Yeah, I haven't done much uh, related now. I've, I've started reading the Endgame book, which uh, you highly recommended, and uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying that so far. So it's it's about the sort of wilderness years between the TV movie and um, and when the show returned in 2005, and it's it's interesting because there was so much going on behind the scenes about why Doctor Who <laughs> didn't and couldn't return. And uh, yeah, I'm about um, about three quarters or uh, maybe halfway through. Other than that, I haven't really had time to do anything else Doctor Who related, mate. So uh, how about yourself? You all good? Yeah, I'm cool. But oh crap, we uh, I missed the old uh, anything Who related in the intro. Should we do it now? I hope you've all had a cracking week and oh. that you've managed to do something Doctor Who, Doctor Who related. Related. God, we're slacking. We're slacking. I missed We've that only out. been doing this for 20 years. Why? <laughs> how can we forget that? Yeah. Yep, but believe it or not, there will be at least one person that will tweet and say, you missed out the Who-related bit at the beginning of the uh, of this week's podcast. What's going on? Are you guys changing <laughs> really the format? Like to mix it up. Yeah, are you changing the format? Because if so, I'll have to uh, reconsider subscribing to the podcast. So uh, make sure you get that in, please. I hope you've all done something Doctor Who-related. Uh, Adam's done naffle. Same for me. I've, um, I've just not uh, watched or read anything this week. So it's been nice and nice and quiet. And I think that's because um, there's just other stuff, as always, to get through and watch and stuff. So there's a few a few bits on uh, Netflix and Disney Plus I've been catching up on and reading some other books at the minute. So no time yeah. for, for hooey stuff. 
No. At the moment. So hopefully in the next week or two, I'll get back to reading another book or something or, or whatever. Or whatever. What, what we really need, my friend, is for season 22 to blimmin' be released. What's happened to it? Where oh, is season 22? That. Let's start a campaign. <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely forgot that. Season vanished. Yeah, where's that gone then? Because that was meant to be, wasn't that meant to be released um, this month? April, I'm sure it was meant to be the end of April we were getting that. Well, the BFI thing was weeks ago. Normally it's like the week after, isn't it? Or a couple of weeks after. And yeah, strange. Must be some sort of hold up with it somewhere. Because hmm. it's not even got a date yet, has it? That's the weird thing. It's not even got a release date. It's very strange. Let's have a look. Yeah, so I pre-ordered mine from Amazon. Uh, it just says "not yet dispatch, no, no dates." <clears throat> so evil old Amazon. Hmm. Yeah, because I placed that on the twentieth of January. There you go. That order. I'm sure it was April. They said initially. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I've completely yeah. forgotten. But yeah, but that's what we need. We need some DVD, ex- a Blu-ray, sorry, Blu-ray extras to get into to yeah. tide us through this tumbleweed months up until the special yeah up to the special yeah the centenary uh, special oh yeah there was one um just very quickly there was one quick little article like actually a couple of little articles that i saw and uh, remember when um we say this all the time but uh, Mm. when adam and i go into an episode before we start recording we're like okay let's um Let's see if there's any news to go through all that stuff. And we have our, we're very organized. We have like a little sheet and we have our spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. Yep. News articles and links and that stuff. And uh, if there's no news, we just say that. So you guys would have heard many times that when we jump in an episode, if there's no news, we'll normally say something like, it's very quiet out there at the minute. There's no news. So we're going to crack straight on with, etc. Newspapers, no. When there's no Doctor Who news, we have this thing in the UK. I suppose they have it in everywhere, every country, but in the UK especially, things like the ra- places like the Radio Times and uh, the Express and some other outlets, they just start making stuff up. It's fascinating. It's like so we haven't got any legit Doctor Who news to talk about. Uh, actually, they do two one of two things. It's either let's just make some stuff up. We will take the thinnest thing possible out there and we'll make a story out of it, or we'll just recycle something that was in Doctor Who eight years ago. And we'll make that into a story. So the one that I saw this week or this morning was um, uh, it was at the ra- it was on the Radio Times, and it was about the upcoming special, the centenary special, Jodie's last oh, yeah. one, and mm-hmm. absolutely nothing of value in there, nothing at all. There's no announcement, anything like that. It was just uh, who fans are uh, in for a rough ride for Jodie's last episode is it in trouble already question mark and i think oh, yeah, i saw that yeah I saw this that. Is, uh, i didn't read it but i saw yeah, the headline all, yeah this is serious <laughs> what's all this about then and then when mm. you read the article it's basically because there's a bunch of people in it as well as jody it's now in trouble that's literally it the crux of the story <laughs> i mean probably true but yes let's let's wait and see the actual episode exactly <laughs> yeah first. yeah so it was like we've got these old companions coming back we've got the master yeah. in it we've got these other people and uh, that now means that the focus is not on Jodie, so her last story is going to be a washout. That was the <laughs> crux of that story. And then the other thing was um, her, another article. I can't remember what outlet. Well, I think it was the Express. Russell T. Davis was somewhere last week or in the last few days and took a selfie with an actress. I forget her name. And the headline was, Who fans are now in a frenzy at mm. the at the um, shadow announcement of the next 14th, or the next Doctor? <laughs> shadow announcement. And uh, it was a selfie taken with an actress. And then, yeah, who found her jumped on that and said, this is perfect timing. 
She's now the next Doctor because she's working with Russell on this secret project. Blah, blah, blah. So there you go. I can't even remember the, the actress's name, but there you go. There's your 14th Doctor announcement. Yep. A selfie <laughs> on Instagram from Russell. So that's all that's been happening uh, in the uh, in the nonsense era of Doctor Who news. <laughs> the nonsense. Yeah, we've gone yeah. from the wilderness years to the nonsense years. It's great, <laughs> isn't it, eh? Mm. So anyway, before we crack on with our review... We would love it if you uh, subscribed and followed our podcast in your preferred podcast app of choice. We put a new episode out every Friday. So if you're following or subscribed, then you, uh, you won't miss it. You'll, you'll keep up to date with our waffle and keeping you up to date with the nonsense, etc. And uh, we are, you can listen to that in your podcast app or you can listen for free over on the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. All the eps are on there, as well as all of the articles and reviews from our writing team. And um, we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links on the website. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved over there. Plus, we have a free Discord server. There's a link on the website. Hop in there and chat plenty of Who with some very, very cool Who fans. We've got a lovely little community there yes. of, of very yeah. cool Who fans. So, uh, so go and do that. And lastly, remember to go over to Adam's channel over on YouTube. It is called The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yeah. So, yeah, I'll have some... Uh, well, I'll have a new vid out uh, oh, Friday, hopefully. I've been working on this all week. <laughs> I've hardly left the house, actually. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, again, check out my channel, lots of Doctor Who stuff. And one lone Star Wars video that failed. <laughs> but lots of Doctor Who videos. Go and have a look at them. <laughs> <laughs> go and check them out. And Adam's on the socials as well, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So go and follow him for cool Doctor Who and the odd Star Wars tidbit of, uh, of content. I'll tell you what I haven't done for ages is, a, is an on-the-spot review. I used to like doing those. You remember I used to do cinema film reviews? They were cool, mate. The yeah. Little, yeah, I liked the little theme as well. Yeah, might might start doing them again. Don't know. Yeah. Maybe... Um, yeah, when a good film comes out. I was trying to think of a good film. Is there anything good coming out? Doctor Strange, maybe? Oh, the next Doctor Strange Marvel stuff, yeah. Uh, nothing, there's nothing really good coming out, though, is there? Yeah. You went to see The Batman, didn't you? You could have done one for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I went to see The Batman, yeah. Missed opportunities. Mm. Very dark. That was very dark. Yeah. Anyway, housekeeping out of the way and all that stuff. Thank you very much, Fan, for doing that stuff, if you haven't already. We are now going to crack on with our review. So, dude, what is it this week? Yeah, so we're drifting back to the Matt Smith era and the end of his era, actually, with Time of the Doctor. And now it's time for one last bow. Like all your other selves, Eleven's hour is over now. The clock is striking twelves. The siege of Trenzalor is now begun. The Time Lord has entered the trap. Help him change the future. Do it! The Doctor is regenerating the new that bassy theme that never got a release bum, 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 bum. Mm. did yeah. Murray not like that theme or something like? <laughs> but it bugs me that never got a, a release on the soundtrack yeah I don't know I think he tweeted at some point to say that he was working on that stuff didn't he he said he was doing a different yeah. mix or making sure it was all good but it just never come on Murray sort of light of day no. uh, anyway the time of the doctor this is where the moth went through his phase of I need to do something bunch of episodes and call them of the doctor so we need something yeah it's confusing isn't it night yeah. of the doctor day of the doctor what's the other one there's another one as well isn't it? yeah i don't know time of the afternoon doctor. of the doctor afternoon, <laughs> afternoon tea of the doctor yeah. <laughs> yeah so this was first broadcast on christmas day 
in uh, in 2013. It ran for an hour, and it was written by the Mothbag and directed by Jamie Payne. It stars Matt Smith, Jenna Coleman, and a reasonably sized uh, supporting cast. And the synopsis is, orbiting a quiet backwater planet, the massed forces of the universe's deadliest species gather drawn to a mysterious message that echoes out to the stars. Among them, the 11th Doctor, rescuing Clara from a family Christmas dinner, the Time Lord and his companion must learn what this enigmatic signal means for his own fate and that of the universe. Mm -hmm. Right, dude, straight up off the bat. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, I, I've been looking forward to going back and watching this one because I've only ever watched it once. Can you believe that? Which would have been Christmas Day in, when was it? 2013. Yeah. And I haven't okay. watched it since. And um, and the reason for that is, although I thought it was okay at the time, I, it, I wasn't a big fan of this particular episode. Um, <clears throat> I'm such a big fan of Matt Smith. He's, he's my favourite uh doctor from the new era i think he's absolutely brilliant matt smith and uh i think at the time you know i'd had a few drinks and i settled down to watch this and it just felt like i think this is the perfect example of not knowing how good you had it at the time you know so i watched this again yesterday but i'll get to that in just a second so i'm watching this on christmas day in 2013 and it just felt like very moffaty in terms of it didn't for me at the time it didn't seem to know where it was going it seemed like he was throwing in every monster under the sun dalek sidemen weeping angels just throwing everything at it in the kitchen sink um and uh, yeah just i don't know just didn't stick in my mind as being particularly great uh, for for Matt's era to end on um and then i watched this again yesterday and as i said i've been quite looking forward to revisiting this one to see how well it stands up and i just really enjoyed it really really enjoyed it actually so i think maybe it's because i was sober because <laughs> i was a bit uh, pie-eyed on christmas day back in 2013 but i just thought one thing i noticed straight away was that i was smiling within minutes the sc- it just reminded me how sharp moffitt scripts are so you got the doctor and handles at the beginning and all that banter and i was just i just realized i'd got a big smile on my face and i was laughing at the dialogue so Within minutes, I'm enjoying this episode. Um, I'm not going to say it's like the best story, but the performances in it are superb. And this is what I mean about not appreciating what we had at the time, or I'll speak for myself here and, and maybe some other people. I just thought the writing was funny. I thought the performances were excellent, especially from Matt Smith, who, who's superb. And it, and it pains me to say it, but even Jenna Coleman's good in it. Um, and I thought, I thought, actually, if you watch and listen to the dialogue and... And yes, it does have everything thrown in, including the kitchen sink. But if you just watch it and listen to what's being said, it's a really fun and touching episode for Matt Smith to go out on. And when it finished, the reason I really enjoyed it is because it made me feel things. It made me smile. It made me laugh. And it made me cry. And I thought, I got to the end of it and I thought, you know what? There is an episode that I've let gather dust all these years thinking it was a bit of a you know naff ending to Matt's era and actually it's a really good ending and Matt goes out in a literally in a in a in, in a bang it's in style um he plays that old doctor so well and I love this idea now of him being on the planet and becoming this like granddad figure protecting the universe I don't know I just loved it and I yeah I like it when this happens I like it when I think an episode's not too good and we we revisit it 
and it's so much better than I remembered. Yeah, so it's it's getting a massive thumbs up for me. I don't know why I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I really enjoyed it yesterday. Good stuff, dude. You like this one? What about yourself? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, yeah, no. It's a thumbs down for me, dude. Really? No, no, I loved it. I thought it was really Ooh, good. Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, you doing your Simon Cow? <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was a very, very good episode. There's the obvious one where... there's. I wouldn't say it's a problem, but there's the obvious kind of... Uh, story issue that I think a lot of people share this opinion where because the Moff was a fan of carrying stuff over across series uh, episodes and series and then uh, and surprisingly you know tying up a few things that were across Matt's entire era mm, yeah there is that thing where it just feels like at times like we're just sort of piling things on top of one another definitely you know and you feel like mm, I can see what he's trying to do here. He's trying to wrap. You remember what they did with Tenants era, but just not when Russell did that, but just not in a not in a story narrative way, but more of a character closeout way, where at the end he went off and visited a few people to say his goodbyes. Yes. And then at the end you had Rose and it all it's kind of reset the circle. So that was the first time Rose ever saw him. But that's the last time he's seeing Rose. You know what I mean? So yeah. Russell sort of made a bit of a thing about Tennant's um, departure, but rounded it out from a character perspective. What Moff's done here is he's done a similar thing, but he's done it more from the story and narrative perspective from all the previous series up to mm. this point. So we we kind of get an answer for the silence and then the crack in the wall and and that the stuff. The is exploding, gets an explanation, doesn't it, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that stuff when he uh, he sort of admits that the TARDIS explosion was the result of all these various cracks in time in the universe and mm. uh, Gallifrey and the Time Lords being trapped in the pocket universe and he kind of takes some responsibility for that and, and all that jazz. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it, it, it kind of, Moffat tries to do that. And there has been some people that have said, you know, they try to cram it all in and the run time's not long enough and stuff like that. So you can, I kind of get that. I do get that. Mm. But for me, dude, it was just a really enjoyable watch and i think you absolutely nailed it mate when you said that um when we've been watching a lot of obviously the chibnall era over the last couple of years and we've reviewed all of jody's stuff with the exception of some standout episodes from that era we really didn't know how wonderful we had it Mm. pre-chibbers i'm i know i probably upset lots of chibbers and jody fans when they hear us say that kind of thing but i mm. think um we don't have to wait until the next jody special to summarize that the jody era is not just it just hasn't really landed with us mm. as opposed to the uh, russell and the Stephen moffat era so when i watched this and it was just the way the way it's written and and the way it's the, the production on it which is not as cinematic as the Jodie's era, but it still had a, a beautiful look about it and Murray's it music did. and the performance from Matt as the Doctor. It all just sort of came together and I thought, wow, it, Doctor Who was, in my opinion, so much better when we had Moffat and Russell, you know, doing their thing. And so it was just for that reason alone. And also um, Matt's, Matt's performance, as you said, it's just... Is incredible. Amazing, yeah. So yeah. Um, for that reason alone, dude, when the 
the, the episode finished, I did have a little tear in my eye, and it was a little bit of a choke up moment, and and then it was almost like a slap in the face in the last few seconds when Capaldi jumps on screen, and I it's know. like bloody hell, that's you know that was um that was amazing back in the day. So yeah, I really did enjoy it, dude. I thought it was a great story, a little bit convoluted at times because yeah, um, I think. I'm I'm really trying to figure out if Moffat, what which way round he did it. Did he sort of say as he was going through Matt Smith's era, right, guys, I've got an idea or two or a hundred, and um, I'm going to just keep these going, drop a few of them out, and then I'm going to wrap it all up at the end. Or did he get to the end and think, I don't want to leave that as an open book. I want to tie that up, and I want to tie that up. So I'm not sure which way round that happened but either way it's a little bit convoluted but yeah i at the end of it i just thought wow that was a really good really really good um just decent episode of doctor who does it have like the 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 finale end of series status that we've maybe pinned on some other ones i'm not sure but Mm. it was definitely a very good matt smith episode anyway yeah, I think that's what I didn't appreciate at the time, was I think for Matt's last episode, I was hoping it'd be some rip-roaring adventure and he'd be spinning around doing what Matt does. And and this was very much an episode of the Doctor, you know, settling down and, and growing old. And, and I, I didn't appreciate that because, I, I you know, I wanted Matt to go out sort of in a blaze of glory. And he does. Now I rewatch it, it's... This is very much a love letter to Matt's Doctor. It's, it's you know, it's um it's him sacrificing himself to, to save this you know, little town, this little place. And, um, you know, he keeps looking at the, the, the young lad on the screen thinking, I can't abandon them. I've got to go back and all this. And as I said, it's just, it really resonated with me yesterday. I just felt like this actually is a lovely, beautiful episode. Uh, it's almost dedicated to Matt's doctor. And I think that's what I didn't get, you know, back in 2013. I just thought it, it seemed a bit ploddy. And I was like, well, it's just, yeah, the doctor's not really doing anything, but it, it's all about the doctor's character. And, um, and the scenes in it as well, like when Clara goes back to see him and he's really old and she's like reading that letter on his knee and stuff like that. It's, it's so many beautiful scenes in it that I just, you know, I could, I'm sat there thinking, you know, what was I thinking? Why, why? This is beautiful stuff. You know, Moffat really knows how to, Moffat knows how to write comedy. It doesn't always land, but most of the time it does. So that, like the naked clothes thing, yeah, it doesn't really work for me. I don't really find that particularly funny, a bit cringe actually, but, but other bits, you know, like the stuff with handles, I, I thought was hilarious. I mean, handles himself, I could just watch a whole series of the doctor and handles traveling together. I mean, Matt Smith is brilliant at talking to that thing. It's just a Cyberman head, you know, it's like it, it shouldn't work, but Matt makes it work. And the writing makes it work when handles dies. I had a little, I was getting choked up. I was thinking, I'm, I'm crying over a Cyberman head. How is this, how is this happening? You know, that's what I mean. Moffat's writing, you know, you, me, anybody can criticise all we like for, for some of the stuff he's done. And Moffat will criticise himself for stuff that he didn't get right. But most of the time, I think he got a lot of stuff right. And I think he's good at writing comedy. And I think he's good at writing emotional stuff as well. Matt's speech at the end is just phenomenal and it gets quoted a lot doesn't it the whole we all change when you think about it um everything you know times change so must i it's, it's you know i was just watching this thinking the writing is on another level it's superb you know we really or i'm going to just say me but i really you know appreciate stephen moffat so much more 
when I go back and revisit his work. Mm, yeah, true. And we do, we have we've had that with quite a few uh, Moff episodes, haven't we? Uh, over the last mm. year or two, that we've gone back and steadily sort of gone through each one uh, through, especially Matt's era. And um, it, yeah, it, it does strike a chord uh, like years later. And that's the wonderful thing about having to, you know, the um, it's a wonderful problem for us to have as we've gone through our podcast is like, oh, we have to go through and even visit some of the episodes that we weren't really fond of. Like you thought that you weren't a fan of this one. And it's it, before you watch it, we kind of have that. Oh, well, of course we know we'll watch it because, you know, we, we need to watch it to review it for the podcast and stuff. But yeah, um, it's like, oh, I really wasn't a fan of that. Or it's like, I can't remember exactly. I just know I wasn't a fan of it. But then we watch it and it's, you know, we end up with this conclusion where actually now that the dust has settled for, when was it, 2013, for near, it's going on nearly 10 years now. And then you go back and watch it. It's like, actually, that was pretty sweet. And mm. the, the way that Moff, we did criticise him quite heavily, didn't we, about having these big old arcs that that go through the series and he's kind of, he almost writes himself into a corner at times because, yeah, you know, you can't progress one thing because you've got this massive boulder that you're dragging along behind you, which is the arc you need to wrap up at some point. So that kind of limits, creatively limits, I suppose, what you can do. But uh, I, I just found those like the his writing for for Matt as a character in this was lovely, and um, just I don't know, Matt just seems to have a. I'm not sure if it was a, the way that Moff had written the Doctor in, in this one or a combination of Matt's own personal sort of feelings at the time when they filmed it and made it. But it mm. seemed he seemed to have a very... Um, just... What's the best way I can describe this? You know when it's your last day of school and you think to yourself, why, were, why was I even bothered about putting pressure on myself about exams and putting pressure on myself about this or being bothered about being told off by a teacher you know whatever now it just all seems to be just floating off you like yeah so he's got that kind of last day of school or like you know he's just finished school kind of thing so now he knows yeah i'll do this however i want to you know this is my role this is my doctor and i'll do it however i want so there's a few moments where he uh we have the typical shouty scene where he's shouting at the daleks when he's old you know the old doctor when he's at the top yeah. of the clock tower yeah. so we have that typical thing which Moff loves to write for. But then for me, the th- bits that I loved was when Matt was um, in those quieter scenes where he's having that sort of flirty interaction between um, uh, Tasha Lem, you know, the head of the church. Yeah. Um, normally that'd be like, oh, that's cringe, especially when he's doing it with River Song sometimes and whatnot. But there was a genuine chemistry there and a genuine kind of coolness about it. And then later on at the end, you know, the regen scene when he's playing that very, very differently. His face is very different as well in that last scene in the TARDIS. Like he's kind of, he's not welling up or tearing up, but there's like a big sort of uh, emotional thing inside him. And he's talking very quietly and slowly and stuff like that. So I'm not sure if the moth, you know, directed to an extent and definitely wrote him that way. Um, Or if Matt was just doing a combination of both, but um, that was one of the main things for me that after I finished watching it, I was like, yeah, Matt was, Matt was amazing with this. And then just to close out what you were saying about the moth, 
it does take like the appreciation level up just one more notch when you put all of that together and then mm. you finish watching it you think yeah that the moth has gone up another notch um in our appreciation level because we loved him anyway but it was just those episodes that you thought back to as not being a fan of and then you come back and watch mm. it and you're like mm, actually yeah fair play dude yeah, I was, I was going to say, I mean, in like any showrunner, he's got a couple of duds in there. But I think the thing is with them, with Stephen Moffat's era is it's actually very rewarding, I'm finding, to revisit. And the thing is, it's again, this comes back to watching this with hindsight, because at the time, I think it could be quite frustrating, some of the arcs, because he really did. You had to sometimes wait, you know another series to get the answer to something from series you know two series before and you know sometimes you have to wait a long time to get answers to things that could have been wrapped up very quickly um so at the time i think that could be frustrating but now you've got it all there that you know that's that that series um that era is complete it's very rewarding to go back and watch that i mean stuff with the crack in the wall you know only being tied up sort of really in in this episode when it was in matt's first series you know it it really is a very rewarding era to go back and rewatch, actually. And I don't know if the moth did that intentionally or if it just sort of fell into place that way or how much he plotted out. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think that's the other thing about it is it just makes rewatching his era mm-hmm. uh, a lot of fun because... I think when you're waiting for answers, you you start to worry you're not going to get them. So you're like, oh, we've only got Matt's last episode. You know, who did this? Why did that happen? And we sort of can relax a little bit and think, actually, it's all right. The moth sort of pretty much, you know, wraps it all up eventually. So <laughs> frustrating at the time, but very rewarding uh, yeah. on a rewatch. Yeah. yeah, defo. Yeah. And in terms of story as it goes through uh, from start to finish, um, you, you do kind of get the 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 feeling that is it going to come is the regeneration going to come they leave it right until the end which i know they typically do anyway but mm. and there's some bits there now that they they throw in around we'll, we'll talk about the whole regeneration reset cycle and stuff like that yeah um but the, the story as it goes through is it's fairly um run of the mill i would say so it's christmas obviously Mm-hmm. Um, so Clara's got her family over for Christmas and she's struggling with the dinner and so on. So she calls the doctor and, but he's in the middle of something. That's where we pick up. So he's got handles and he's trying to decipher exactly what this message that's being beamed out of this planet, which we now know. And we find out through the episode is Trenzalore that then sends, you know, dread through the doctor because he knows because Clara and stuff have been there in his time stream previously. They've seen the doctor's grave. They've seen all that stuff. That's where, the yeah. doctor supposedly dies so he knows that stuff's about to go wonky and then the other part of the story is um uh, the whole time lords thing so it, it, it kind of um transpires that when the doctor tried to save gallifrey i think he put it into like a pocket universe and these cracks in the wall that have appeared where he describes them, he describes it as scar tissue when the, the mm. universe exploded and he, and he had to reboot it and fix it. Um, those cracks in the wall is the Time Lords trying to come back through into the into the our universe, I guess. So Moff was doing the whole multiverse thing way before Chibbers. <laughs> oh yeah, all, all that stuff. <laughs> well ahead. Yeah, and um, and then it turns out that the whole crux of the story from that thread is that the church. Um, the Papal mainframe church thing is essentially there to stop that happening. 
And the Doctor's not a fan of it happening either because he knows that when the Time Lords, if they were to come back through into our universe, through that crack in the universe, then the Time War would just resume. So all of the Daleks and Sidemen and all the other people are there, Centaurans and stuff. If the Time Lords came through, the war would resume, all hell would break loose. Not good. No, no good. Uh, which is why um, we get the answer to the silence as well. So um, Tasha Lem, she created the silence in order to go and prevent the Doctor from arriving at Trenzalore in the future so that he couldn't answer the question, the oldest one in the universe, all that stuff. Mm. So that all kind of gets wrapped up reasonably nicely. Don't get me wrong, if you were a, a fresh person coming into Doctor Who and that was your first episode, <laughs> then um, that'd be a bit of a, a brain melter. But um, in terms yeah. of story, dude, I found that to be relatively okay. I don't know about you, because although I mentioned at the beginning, it's a little bit convoluted where he tries to insert stuff here and there and as you go through it's like eh. and a lot of people complain that he just throws various aliens and monsters for the sake of it like the, the angels the cybermen daleks all that stuff but i found that not too bad i was able to follow that reasonably well i don't know about you yeah the monster thing is one of the things that you frustrated me watching this back in the day because i did i did notice that the moffat has a habit of doing this i think if he's running a little bit short on running time or ideas, just monsters start popping up. And I think, uh, is it Hellbent? There's one story, I think it's a Capaldi one, where <laughs> you can just tell that Moff is like, sat, you can see him sat at the desk thinking, oh, oh, I don't know. He walks into a room and some angels start popping out. And it's just, there's no reason for it. It's just like, I've got to f- kill 10 minutes here. Let's throw the angels in or let's put the Daleks in there. And I, you know, he, he does that a few times. And I think, when I watched this uh, back in the day, that was one of the things frustrating me. I was like, oh, angels have popped up already. Tick. Uh, Daleks, okay. Tick. Cybermen now, right? Tick. You know, I didn't... But it, re-watching it yesterday, it does actually work in terms of the story because they're all, you know, uh, consending... No, that's not the word. They're all, you know, going to this planet to just, you know, to get the Doctor. So it, it does work. And actually, the scene with the angels in the snow is brilliant. Um totally didn't appreciate that at the time it's it's great because That's cool yeah they, they, they can't see them because of the snow and it's 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 quite a freaky little scene actually and works really really well but um the, the other thing was as well back when this was shown like you said we had you know the time of the doctor the day of the doctor night of the doctor there was a lot of baggage like you said around this era to do with like the doctor's name and and all this other stuff and all this these loose ends that got to be tied up, and I think that weighed it down slightly uh, as well. Which um, now that I just rewatch it as a standalone episode without all the others around it, without all the trends of law and stuff, it it kind of works a lot better actually. I mean, I, I've never been a huge fan of this Doctor Who question. Um, I think it's an interesting idea, but I think it was sort of used a bit too much because I don't really get why the Doctor can't say his name. I don't know if you do. What's the big deal? Why can't he say his name? I- well, I think the this links into a, another bit of the story about the truth field that's coming out of the right. clock tower that's surrounding the, the village of Christmas. So in order for the Time Lords to make sure that um, the gateway, I guess, it back into our universe is going to be opened up legitimately, the mm. only way that they can do that is by like a, it's almost like a security question, I guess. Yeah, it's I like see, yeah, they yeah. they know the answer to the question. Obviously, the only one person in the entire universe that also knows the answer is the Doctor. Yeah. 
Mm. So if he answers it, then they can come through. They don't want to come through into a trap or into something else. So that's yeah. why the question's there. He's the only one that can answer that. But I, I kind of get that. But I mean, in, in like the night, no, not the night of the doctor. What's the one with Richard E. Grant? Oh, one of those the doctor episodes. No, not that one. No. The other one where they go into his time stream. There's a big thing about tell me your name, tell me your name. And he's about to let, I think it's Clara die. He'd rather, he, like, he would just won't say his name. And I'm like, I think there uh, is a reason right. given, but it, it kind of bugs me a little bit. Like, what, what? Why is the doctor so secretive about his name? What will what will happen if if somebody finds out his name? I, they probably do answer it somewhere along the line, but I don't know. I never quite got that, to be honest. Yeah, it, I think that's doesn't that play a little bit on the whole theme of the entire show, though? Aren't they just playing on that theme a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like yeah, the audience don't want to know his name because I yeah. think at the time we were worried that the moth was going to reveal it. We were like, no, 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 we don't, we don't want to know his name. He's Doctor Who. That's the whole point of it. So it's it's hammering home that point. But I don't get why in the actual TV show his name is such a big deal, mm. if that makes sense. But yeah, it's an interesting concept to explore. But I think maybe it got a little bit overdone mm. back then. So, um, yeah. but it works well in the context of this story, mm-hmm. like you said, as this sort of password to to, to let the uh, time lords through. Yeah, and it's a. De- I feel like it's a decent sort of culmination of a few things as well. So, uh, although we don't have Matt sort of running around corridors and hopping to different planets and stuff, and it's a, mm. a big old thing, it does have a sort of a nice build up to it, I guess, where all the different things, all the different species are around the planet, just ready to attack, and then we have that moment where he has decided, he's made his decision. Right, I'm not going to leave the planet. Mm. I'm going to stay here and defend it, and. um and that's where we see the you know the part of the story where he grows old and then he grows older again and he's there. That's kind of cool. And then yeah. there's this constant threat. This all they're being attacked all the time. And it was kind of interesting what Moff did with that, where the the Santarans, you know, they'd lose their cloaking device, <laughs> you know, and he, he does with them. And then the Cyberman, who's made of wood, so he doesn't set off the technology alarms and he can infiltrate. That was and stuff strange, like that. wasn't it? <laughs> the wooden Cyberman. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool and it builds up to this big thing so it was okay in that respect but i guess before we talk about the last part of the episode with the regen let's talk mm. very quickly about the 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 conversation that he and clara has about regeneration because this was a this is a big oh, important yeah. part of of doctor who back in the day if anybody remembers this back in the day this was the big the big thing it's like Mm. back in the early days like tom baker's story i'm sure it was the deadly assassin it was established then that the doctor only has 12 regions that's your lot you can't have any more than that and that's kind of been carried through through canon right up until modern who and then we get to this point where it was on moff's shoulders really to sort this out because yeah it was yeah you know because if you don't have another region if this is your last bit, then you've got no show. It's as simple as that. Everything anchors on the Doctor's ability to regen and give us a new actor and a new era of the show. So the Moth was like, right, what are we going to do? And um, it's interesting that they kind of end the story before we before they get onto the actual regeneration bit. They kind of settle on this thing where the Moth has created two additional Doctors, essentially. Mm. but we don't count them as that. And I think the moth put it as like, you shouldn't think about it as 
as numbering each doctor. You should think about it as putting a number to a face, and you know, and, and try not to number each individual regeneration because in this one, uh, the doctor does definitively say that one of the regenerations was used up when Tennant's doctor puts it into his hand and creates yeah. that other doctor. So before that was a bit ambiguous. It was like, was that a proper regen? Was that half a regen? Did that not count? We weren't really sure. So the doctor says the doctor mentions that as a proper one. And then obviously the war doctor. So really, this is he's the 13th doctor, I guess, at this point. So that's it. Regeneration's up. So did you feel like this was a good reset? And should we mention the timeless child thing that now just makes this all completely irrelevant? Mm. Well, I, I much prefer this. I've mm-hmm. always liked, maybe because I grew up with it, but I've always liked this idea of um, the Doctor having a certain amount of lives because it, it adds a, an edge to it, doesn't it? It gives a slight danger. You know, that the, if something did happen to the Doctor, he's, he's only got another lot, one lot regeneration left. So I, I like the idea of him only having 30 regens. And I think the Moth dealt with it pretty well, actually, because he just decided, you know, we've got to address this. Um, it probably could have discounted the uh, the hand regeneration if he wanted to, but he decided to include it. And uh, I love it. What does the doctor say? Something about let's not forget old grumpy drawers. You know, he's still a regeneration. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Just wonderful. Um, but so, yeah, I think it was dealt with pretty well. And it, it was a, a kind of like, okay, I'm going to give him another 12. The time Because who else but the Time Lords could do that? So the Time Lords give him another set of regenerations. Although it's not as explicit on screen as I, th- as I remembered it. Like we kind of just assume that's what they've done unless I missed a line or something. I thought they actually said, or I thought Clara actually said, please give him some more regenerations. I thought it was more explicit than it actually is. You just, yeah. we kind of just assume that's what they've done. The doctor unless does I say missed that. something on this yeah. second watch. He does say that. So I think, does he say it? Yeah, I think so. So Clara just, pleads she's like help him like if you love him then help him and when he's up on the clock tower and he's got the regeneration energy and he's like firing it around and stuff i'm sure he does say like how's this then a new a new cycle of regenerations and blah you know i'm sure he says something like that yeah i was gonna say i'm sure he did i must have just missed it when i rewatched this yesterday which is odd because i honestly was did not check my phone throughout this entire story i was totally engrossed in this which is not even once didn't even look at it i was really engrossed in it but i'm I'm sure he does say something like that and i must have just missed it so yeah he gets a new reset of lives and i think that's great i i like that um yeah i don't really want to get down the whole timeless child route but you you can't help but have in the back of your mind when you watch that lovely scene between him and clara it kind of does take something away from that for me yeah, because you're sort of thinking, no, you don't have thirteen. You've you've got endless. You're not even a time lord, and you know it. it oh, I'm not going to get into it, but it, <laughs> it it definitely was in the back of my mind, and it's a real mix of emotions because I'm loving that scene between him and Clara, mm-hmm. and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, timeless child, timeless child, timeless child. Exactly, and I'm like, no, shut up, shut up, brain. Just yeah. enjoy it. I don't want to think about that. So, yeah, it does slightly irk me that I have to be honest. Yeah, I'm the same, mate. It, it, it mm. was just a tiny little niggle that was at the back of my brain thinking, all yeah. of this conversation around regeneration is great and it's really lovely conversation between the Doctor and Clara. And even like the the sacrifice that the Time Lords have made, like they've stopped their their 
want, I guess, to come back through because that last crack in the wall closes. That's it. They can't come back now. So they've sacrificed their, you know, their their mission, I guess, to come back to the universe to to gift him those that fresh set of regeneration energy, those cycles. And it is really cool when he's up. He's like, "Love from Gallifrey, boys!" Oh, brilliant! Know. Again, so, so many cool. punch in the air moments. Yeah, you know. So that yeah. was very cool. But in the back of my mind, there was just that little niggle that made me think: all of these very cool moments and all of this stuff means nothing now because in canon, unfortunately, the the number of regeneration cycles is pointless. It just, yeah, you know, it's completely irrelevant now, which is such a shame because. One thing you have to give Moff credit for is that he had the balls to make a definitive decision, right? That cycle of regenerations from Hartnell through to now is done. Mm. Here is a new set of regeneration cycle cycles. You've now got, uh, sorry, that was bad English. Here is a cycle of new regenerations that you've got another 13. Here's, here you go, BBC. I've now given you a show if you want to use it or not for the next 13 actors eras that you can go and do your thing with whereas chibbers is like oh i don't know is the master lying is she the timeless child is this timeless children thing a thing we think it is now we pretty much have that confirmed but there's still a tiny little doubt of little thing is it still going to be uncovered as some whatever it might be whereas the moth's like no this is exactly what's happened this is what's going to happen go and run with it so i appreciate that he had the balls to not be wishy-washy with it like chibbers and just yeah all that rubbish so yeah that whole regeneration thing dude i thought that was very very cool very cool because how do you solve that as a writer how do you but how do you basically say right the show's at an end unless we solve this you know we need the doctor we need the regen so i thought that was kind of cool and then um before actually before we get onto the regen scene at the end um did you like the the scenes in the church with um with uh, Tash, uh, Tasha Lem, you know, the woman who's the head of the church and stuff. Yeah. Because that was a good combination to me of like some humour with the whole naked thing and the projecting their clothes onto themselves and mm. and that stuff and Clara seeing the silence. You know, sort of re- reusing some, Corey, some story concepts from previous episodes, but still kind of cool. But the banter between the Doctor and it was kind of river songy to a degree, yeah. but uh, it was kind of cool. Um, so did, I- what do you think to those scenes? Yeah, I was going to say, it did. I think a lot of people at the time said, oh, was that supposed to be written for River Song? And I thought, but actually, it, it's more fresh uh, having somebody else uh, be like that with the Doctor, you know, because it was, can get a bit stale, the whole, you know, River Song thing flirting with the Doctor. So, yeah, I again, this is one of those things at the time I didn't like at all. I was just like, oh, more flirty stuff. Get on with the story. I really enjoyed it yesterday. I, was, I thought that, again, down to the performances and the writing, I thought it was really funny. You know, and it's just, Matt's just such a, he's such a lad. I love it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I did enjoy it. And I'll tell you what I thought was the surprise as well, is how good the set looked. Now, the reason I mentioned this is because it's very Star Wars, uh, Death Star, mm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very. But didn't it look good? Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, could that could be filmed today. That That's a, a very simple, but nice looking set i thought that sort of dark room with the red carpet and the blue lines i thought wow that's quite epic you know uh it's now nearly what 10 years old this episode mm-hmm. so yeah or nine years old whatever but um yes i did like the scenes with tasha lem and again that massively surprised me because i don't remember liking them at the time but I, I did find them fun and i did like the twist as well when he goes back to see her 
and he she's he's like you why didn't you call me and she's like i repeatedly called your name and then the dalek eye comes out of her head and i I was like omg what's happened here i thought that was a really good moment um a really good twist that i didn't see coming even though i've watched it before but obviously forgotten um but yes that was that was good as well i'm really not a fan of those dalek eyes coming through the skin though never have like that never will don't get that concept at all but (laughs) I'm willing to overlook it because it was quite a cool little shocking moment. And I like the way she fights it as well. Uh, the way that Matt sort of, um, <laughs> the way that Matt uh, makes her so angry that it brings her <laughs> true character to the surface, I thought was a nice, nice little twist. So, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And um, yeah, the little mini eye stalks and stuff is. I don't like the mini eye stalk thing, thing, isn't it? Yeah. I, that was, when did that start? <laughs> was that Asylum of the Daleks? I think. Yeah, it was. I yeah. remember thinking yeah. at the time, I don't get this, don't get this at all, don't mm-hmm. like it. But yeah, yeah. it's only a little bit in this. I like her as a character, though. I think she's, I do, she's, yeah. She's, there's something about her. I think she's got some, there's some substance there, I think. And I wish we'd have seen maybe a little bit more of her, but uh, not just in this episode, but in Matt's era or even Capaldi's era. I don't know, but. Um, I was surprised how good she was, not it? I don't remember thinking she was good at all when I watched this at the time. Mm. But she is. She's a great little character, and she plays the part really, really well. We, you feel like she's totally into the character, don't you? Like we feel like we, we feel like her and the Doctor genuinely know each other, and they've got a bit of history there, you know. Which, considering we've never met this character before, have we? Um, have we? Have think, we seen this character? Don't before? think so. Uh, we might have done. Oh, have we? Oh, right. I don't remember. Uh, well, I, I can't remember. But um, anyway, she was good. I thought, yeah, surprisingly good. Her and Matt were great together. Yeah, she's very cool. And um, I think it was a really good scene for her when the doctor's telling her to fight it, and she even references. She's like, "The Dalek inside me is trying to mm. is trying to break free," kind of thing. It's quite quite dark that bit because yeah, you also don't know what's what's going to happen to her. Essentially, do you? You don't know if she's this kind of hybrid uh, Dalek priestess woman just knocking around the, the, the universe or if the, the Dalek sort of killed her and things like that. So, mm. yeah, it's uh, it, she was a good character. Um, and she goes back and picks up Clara, doesn't she? She's got the TARDIS and stuff. So Oh, she flies the TARDIS. Yeah, that's very yeah. cool, that bit. Mm. Yeah, very cool. Um, okay, what did you think to uh the little bits with clara and her family because there's a little emotional bit where she hugs her grandma she's missing the doctor she knows that he's at this point anyway he's just abandoned her he's she he's tricked her you know he's like go and do this thing in the tardis you know <laughs> and essentially he's auto it's auto programmed the tardis to take her home to keep her out of harm's way and then she's bored at the family dinner you know her mum's banging on her or her dad's whatever yeah but she's attached emotionally to gran you know she loves her and stuff so we're not huge fans of Clara, admittedly. It's um, I, we both feel like I think I speak for both of us here, where we feel like it, her character was just very drawn out throughout the Moff era. She's very um, hit and miss. She she can be good in some stories and others. I, I felt like they never quite knew what to do with Clara. She she just changed to fit the story a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you think yeah, to her in this? Though? Sorry. What do you think to her in this one, though? No, she's good in this. I, I actually think she works really quite well in this. And um, I was just laughing when you were saying about the fact she gets dumped back on Earth to be spend Christmas with her family because I just imagined um, 
Russell choking on his Christmas turkey watching this because the doctor tricks her, doesn't it? He's like, go and fix the, go and fix this in the TARDIS and I'll do the rest. And she runs off and then he, he tricks her into going back to Earth to safety, which is very similar to what the ninth doctor does to Rose uh, in the Dalek two-parter. Um, so I imagine sort of Russell, like, <laughs> you know, copying his script. Um, but uh, he doesn't do it once, just once. He does it twice, doesn't he? Um which I'm surprised that Clara fell for it twice because the the first time she makes him swear that he'll never do it again. And then he does. She's like, you never leave me. And now I won't leave you again. And then he just goes off. Um, but yeah, I thought those scenes worked quite well, actually. And um, yeah, I thought Clara was pretty good in this one. I have to say her interactions with the doctor um, towards the end when he's old and she's sort of almost caring for him and, um, some of the dialogue in those scenes is is, is beautiful. And the, the two of them, the performance from both uh, Matt and Jenna is excellent. Absolutely excellent. Mm. I like the grand as well. I mean, the grand's fun. She she brings the sort of comedy to the scenes, but she also has that nice emotional little bit, doesn't she, where she's talking about how she met uh, her husband or oh, something. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, so the, the family, although they, they're stuck in that <laughs> front room for the whole episode, um, they do add some nice little moments to the story. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I thought she was Jeez. okay, Clara. She wasn't too. She wasn't too bad. Um, but you could tell that Jenna Coleman was kind of cut up quite a lot. I, I think it looks to me anyway like a lot of those tears I think were genuine. Uh, I thought so. I, I think it was an emotional time, mm. um, which is probably why she's a little bit more low key. Like sometimes she's a bit in your face and a little bit. She can be a bit yeah, smug. I think, well, yeah. she's written to be yeah. a bit smug at times. Yeah. It does actually bring me on to one thing to do with the region, mate, and I'm interested to know what you think of this. So, obviously, you know, the Doctor's been travelling with Clara, whatever, and then in the regeneration at the end, we get to see um, Amelia Pond as a kid running around the top of the console. Mm. Obviously a different girl, we could tell. Even though they tried to <laughs> cut it really quickly, we can still tell it's not mm-hmm. the original uh, girl from the other story. Probably because she's grown up by she, then, She's a teenager at that point, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, she would probably look different herself. Um, but then we get the, at the time, shock that Amy is back. We get this really short little scene where Amy comes down and says goodbye Raggedy Man or something, isn't it? Good night. Um, yeah, yeah. And it does kind of, I think it's a nice scene, but it does kind of overshadow Clara a little bit. It's like almost pushing her to the side and saying, no, no, aim is, aim is Matt's companion. That's, that's the one that, you know, this is the duo that, that uh, you know, everyone likes. I don't know. It just, it felt <laughs> like it was almost pushing her, Clara to the side a bit. Um, not that I'm too bothered about that. And I did think it was nice that Amy come back, but it does, I don't know, it does seem a little awkward somehow, I feel. But what do you think to Amy coming back? Um, yeah, I didn't mind it, actually. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. It's um, it, it kind of took a leaf out of Russell's book, I think. As I mentioned earlier with Tenant's Regen, he goes back to see some of the other characters from Tenant's run. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, and uh, so I think it's interesting because Clara obviously can't see what the Doctor's seeing. So from Clara's mm. point of view... She just thinks the doctor's gone a bit balmy before his regen, or yeah. he's having some kind of, you know, vision or whatever. So I think from us as the viewer, I think some people might potentially feel like that. Like, hello, Clara's right there, you know, and your, you know, the focus isn't all on Amy. But I, yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where 
I'm sure he took a leaf out of Russell's book where he's saying, right, to round out this Doctor's era, let's bring back the first. It's the same way that Tennant did at the very end before he regened. He saw Rose, didn't he? Before yes. he probably met Rose, if that makes sense. A bit timey-wimey. Hmm. You know, I'll bet you have a great new year. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. So that I think that he kind of borrowed a bit of, you know, a bit of inspiration from that. He says a nice in. line, doesn't it? It's the first face this Doctor saw. Or something. The first I, face, I've got to say, the writing is saw. so yeah. yeah, so beautiful uh, in the in the regeneration scene. Uh, what do you think of the sneeze regeneration as it's become mm. known? So Capaldi sort of is on the screen in the flash. <laughs> I think it's good they did something different because it gets a little bit boring, doesn't it? All that. Well, arms out. So I, I quite I didn't like it at the time. Once again, but I quite liked it yesterday. I thought, yeah, that's it. Just get on with it. He's he's done the speech and bang, here's your new Doctor. But then, to follow that, I don't like the dialogue that Capaldi comes out with. I don't know why, never have. <laughs> about the kidneys. Yeah, well, that's like I'm like, yeah. what? Oh, it's awful. That was I don't know why you've got that time. beautiful speech by Matt and then followed by him rabbling on about kidneys or whatever. Ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, what do you think of the sneeze regeneration? Yeah, I don't mind it. It's a bit too quick for me, though. Yeah? In my opinion, yeah. Because I think it was... I think they, it was the right thing to do in this particular instance, though, because mm. we'd already had the Doctor up in the clock tower doing the big regen energy explosions true, and all true. that stuff, you know. So we already yeah. had the spectacle, which they reserved for previous Doctors at the time of the regen. So I think to do it all again would have been like, oh, come on, we've already done all this bit. That's so, true, yeah. I hadn't thought of it like that. Although I do think it's a little bit too quick, though. Uh, it's it's kind of cool to watch. Don't get me wrong, it's kind of cool. But I really liked the... um the tenant to Matt Smith regeneration where you see his face literally morph into another doctor oh, and, yes. and all that. So mm. I prefer that personally, but um, I, I can see the appeal. I can see why people think that the sneeze is cool. I think you're right though. Cause they did it all on the clock tower, didn't they? I suppose yeah. you can't really keep doing it. I think you're probably right. It's nice when Matt drops his bow tie on the floor oh, as well, isn't it? Because again, yeah. that's so you so associate his bow tie with Matt. You know, you really get the feels. Um, I think in that regeneration scene, it slightly takes me out of it when Capaldi says that because he kind of looks like a rabid rat or something. He just <laughs> he looks odd. <laughs> he looks odd, and he's banging on about kidneys, and it's like what? What? <laughs> a rabid you know? rat. Yeah, <laughs> he does, he looks kind of really wide eyed and just I don't know. It's a crazy first yeah. scene for Capaldi. I think it's an odd first scene, but yeah, um, it is kind of weird, isn't it? Because um. Mm. Yeah, with the previous ones, we've al- we've always had a, a comedic kind of intro to a new Doctor. So I yeah. think when Tennant burst on, he was like, Barcelona. You know, we had that kind of comedic thing. And then mm. um, when Matt Smith came on board, he just starts sort of, you know, chin. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. At least I'm not gingy. No, we've had that kind of funny thing. Whereas Capaldi's yeah. like the opposite, isn't it? It's almost like this kind of aggressive, almost... Um, in really intense, like completely non-comedic sort of thing. So, yeah, I think that's Moff maybe just putting a stamp on, like forget what you've seen before. This is going to be like a brand new style of of Who and, and, and Doctor. So, but yeah, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the sneeze, but I can see its appeal. But um, mm. there were some lovely little things, though. You mentioned earlier that this was a bit of a love letter to Matt's Doctor. Remember the scene where he's yeah. dancing in the party with the kids in the village and he's doing the... The crazy oh, yeah, giraffe dance, dance thing that he did back the in dance, yeah. Amy's wedding and stuff. And yeah. um, 
yeah there were some lovely little moments like that but in the regen that was a really lovely scene at the end where i don't know if you've seen the special features were they still doing confidential at this point i can't i was not sure not sure but there's a special feature anyway on the dvd or blu-ray whatever where before production started they were doing the read through where the script was 90 percent there and they're doing a read through and matt smith just breaks down in in that read through he's sort of halfway through that last speech like you've got to keep moving that's good you know that bit yeah and i think that bit where he's like what is it um i'll always remember when i was that you know that bit oh when i was the doctor i'll never forget a word of it yeah yeah in that point matt smith's just done in the read through he can't even continue and moffat gets up and walks around and they hug and stuff so it really is a tearjerker that last bit i've never seen that yeah it's a really cool so that's what i meant earlier when um i'm sure that jenna coleman's tears were genuine and matt smith's well up and everything like that was cool so Mm. for me a lovely regen scene really just i don't care that it's a bit fan servicey and amy's back and stuff like that i just think it's a really lovely very emotional very cool goodbye and it's a it kind of does i think it does his doctor wonders as well the fact that he didn't go out um trying to save one particular person like we had with rose you know and he didn't go out trying to do one selfish thing or anything like that he essentially was prepared to die saving the people of that that lived in that village in christmas and i love that about him that is so matt's doctor absolutely so Yeah. yeah regeneration stuff dude I think it's a lovely, really good send-off. It is. I think that's what I appreciated from this episode, watching SD. It is a love letter to Matt's Doctor. Um, I love the scenes when he's like being dragged out by the kids. Uh, oh, what have we got today? And he's like mended something <laughs> for one of them, and he's got this little catapult out, and he's just so brilliant in those scenes when he's like, go on then, what are we fighting today? And he's, he's just imagine Matt's Doctor settling down on that planet and accepting that he was going to die there and you know, I'm going to defend this to my last breath. And, you know, as I said, I really appreciated the writing of this story. So yes, you're right. It's not like uh, a mega story. It's it's not like the best storyline ever, but it's a beautiful love letter to Matt's, to Matt's doctor. And um, I'm just going to quickly mention the direction here as well, because I think it's really beautifully directed. It, it looks very nice. Uh, it's a beautiful mm. episode. I think there's pro- probably one dodgy CGI scene. I think the angle looks a bit off when they're on the balcony at one point. But otherwise, it, <laughs> it still stands up really well. The, the city looks nice. The CGI is decent. Um, the colour's beautiful. But the directing's really good in this. Um, who was the director? Jamie uh, Payne or someone like that? Uh, it was... Can't remember yeah, Jamie Payne. Yep. J- Jamie Payne. It's <laughs> not a name I know. I just remember reading it before we... we started because i wanted to mention him um i think he does a great job of the direction there are some beautiful shots in this um and there's a great scene it's very um clockwork orange it's just a shot of like matt's doctor silhouetted with some people behind him and he's swinging his cane it's a glorious shot beautiful but it does remind me of something at a clockwork orange um but yeah very beautifully directed and um you mentioned it earlier i think one of the things i just loved about rewatching this was the music Mm. Murray's music, mate, really oh, sells those. I mean, you got you've got Matt and Jenna giving amazing performances, underscored by Murray's absolutely gorgeous music. You know, when Clara's theme kicks in at the start, I was just transported back to oh, this is beautiful. And mm-hmm. you know, Moffat's era often gets described as like having a fairy tale 
uh, feel about it, um, which I think is kind of true. And I, I get that as soon as Murray's music floats in and, you know, the, the way it's written and stuff, there is this sort of fairy tale feel. It, it does drag you into another world. And um, But I think Murray's music is a big part of that. It's absolutely gorgeous in this episode. It so is, you've mate. got great yeah. direction, you've got great performances, you've got great music. It really, you know, all comes together to make a really nice, if not the best storyline. It really comes together to make a really beautiful episode. Yeah, and Murray did some really cool stuff with this one as well because along with the new stuff that he had written specifically for the episode, which was really nice, mm. he also used a couple of themes from previous Doctors as well. So the bit where Clara arrives back in on uh, on Trenzalore and she's walking up to the church and the doors and stuff, we can hear um, uh, a piece of music called Final Days, which is from the end of time. And she's right. walking up the stairs and then we hear the four knocks theme just very slightly as she's oh. doing that stuff. And um, yeah, so we, we hear like some other previous themes from previous bits that he had kind of nicely inserted in that you wouldn't, you wouldn't sort of sit up and be like, oh, because I did when they started playing Final Days. I thought, yeah, that's from, it's very similar to Rose's theme. It's got a real nice um, sort of emotional sort of anchor to it. But yeah, the, the music dude was so good really like it just had a perfect mix of action when it was needed and humor and emotion and stuff yeah it was really good when Beautiful murray's stuff. on fire he's on fire yeah, yeah. and i mean the, the day the the name no what's it called the the doctor theme that got played to death um i think it's only i might be wrong but i think it's only in this once and it works really well yeah. I, I think i'm right in saying that yeah you know yeah, the, i am the doctor dun, dun, yep. dun, 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 dun. Mm. you know you you think being my matt's last episode they might have put it in every five minutes but i i think i'm right in saying it just kicks in it's it's really nice actually it's a sort of deeper version of it it's when i think when clara says what's happened to him and they get in the title and you say oh here we go it's all kicking off and it works really really well in that context when it's not overused that theme it's, it's a great theme actually yeah just got cool. way yeah. overplayed didn't it unfortunately but yeah yeah and it's um the, the the music's very cool as well near the climax where he's up at the clock tower and he's shooting oh, yeah. the regen energy it's almost like um a, a sort of closing off parallel i guess to um the Pandorica episodes, the Pandorica opens, you know, when he goes up to the, goes up on the hill at Stonehenge and he's, he does that really good shouty speech because you've yeah, got all of the ships. Shouty speech, yeah. yeah. You've got a very similar thing where you've got sort of Cybermen, Centaur and Dalek ships. And he's like, you know, you know, he's shouting at them to like, basically, you know, have a go if you want some, but you know, I've beaten <laughs> you all before. <laughs> yeah. That's the gist of the speech. And this one's almost like, a nice conclusion because he's doing the same thing but he's actually stopping them he's still doing the shouty speech up at the ships and stuff but yeah so that was cool but the music at that point was very good i think it's i am the doctor but like a slower big more sort of bombastic version of it i think but yeah i think you're probably right very actually cool. yeah 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 what does he shout in pandora opens it's really cool just um, remember something i can't remember exactly what he says but that's such yeah, a great on the rock yeah and just remember this. Something <laughs> I can't like remember, yeah, but Matt so was cool. great at delivering yeah. a, a shouty speech, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, that, that's one of the heartbreaking things as well, is like every episode that we, we re-watch of Matt's, he just cements himself as one of the best Doctors ever. He, he's one of my favourites. I, so I say good. every time we review yeah. him, he, he's, he's phenomenal. And it, it, it's frustrating, really, that some of his stories are not, 
considered the best or you know are not that strong because he was such a good doctor and he's um sort of the epitome of of the sort of doctor that can carry a story like even the ones that aren't that good he's always pretty much i think i think there's only one story we've agreed where he's not quite on top of form which i think is nightmare and silver but most of the time matt is just absolutely on fire as the doctor yeah he's everything i want from the doctor in terms of his performance mm-hmm. and the oh, moffat really got talking. him didn't he moffat really yeah i am yeah. talking <laughs> but moffat really writes matt's doctor well doesn't he i think moffat had a clear sort of idea of the sort of quirky doctor he wanted matt to be in they just matt's performance with moffat's writing is just a dream i think mm. here we go dude i can't believe we forgot this but yeah he's like i'm talking and he's like, come on, uh, no plan, no backup, no weapons worth a damn. Uh, anything else, I don't have anything to lose. So if you're sitting up there in your silly little spaceships with your silly little guns and you've got any plans on taking a Pandorica tonight, just remember who's standing in your way. That was the bit. Oh, how yeah. can we forget that? That's so cool. Just remember who's standing in your way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have to rewatch that, stuff. dude. I'll tell you what, I just, I'm going to do it, I think. I'm just going to watch the matt era right for the start all the mm. way through just go go and do it i love it's it a good plan dude uh something very very small before we get on to the score um mm. so tasha lem i wondered if she was alive or dead and blah 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 uh, anyway she died shortly after we see her in the episode so during oh, right. the siege of trentalor she died and as a sign of respect she was buried with a tardis key um oh yeah so uh, she sadly died shortly after that reminds me, Matt has a key hidden in his hair, doesn't it? Well, his, his wig at one point. Yeah. So what was the thing with the wig? Because was that has he shaved his head for a part in another show or something? I can't remember because Matt Smith yeah. is actually bold in this, isn't he? He is, yeah. So he, well, he's Which is why kind of bold. Already. Yeah. He had would like you a... have noticed it was a wig before he took it off? Because I don't think I would have. No, it looks pretty sweet. It's pretty, yeah, pretty good, good, yeah. They, um, Yeah, so he shaved it for a part in another thing and then they just whacked a wig on it. And... Um, <laughs> Interesting bit of trivia is that when Karen Gillan came back to film her scene, she was also bald because oh. she had shaved her head. Like, the Guardians Nebula. of the Galaxy thing, yeah. Oh right, yeah. So they were both uh, rocking the old She's, wigs. That's quite funny, isn't it? They both shaved. That's crazy. She's great in those films, by the way. Love Nebula. Um, just two little things I want to mention. Two little lovely details, and there's probably more, but I spotted a couple of nice little classic era Easter eggs in this, um, which. Uh, I hadn't noticed the first time. Uh, so the the seal of Gallifrey is is whacked on Handel's head at one point, and the Doctor references, "Oh, I stole this from the Master in the Death Zone." So a nice little oh, yeah. call back to the Five Doctors, which mm-hmm. totally went over my head the first time watching this. Um, so that was lovely to see, and it looks just like the actual prop as well. It was great, mm-hmm. and um, and also in the background of one of the scenes, you can see a Punch and Judy. Uh, show going on and it's um, I think it's the 12th I think it's um, Matt's Doctor and a monoid I think I freeze framed it it looked like a monoid from mm-hmm. the um, first Doctor story oh okay uh, yeah what's it called the Ark is it I don't know but yeah some lovely little little um, Easter eggs thrown in there um, I was just having a look on Wiki to see if I could find out if I've got that right but people will know what I'm talking about so yeah just really nice little inclusions for, for sort of classic fans as well yes yeah that's cool uh okay dude i think we've gone pretty in depth on that one but i've got nothing else on my notes have you got anything 
No, not at all. No, I, I, actually, I just, the only thing I want to ask you is what you thought of the wooden Cyberman because it, that can, <laughs> comes in for a bit of stick, and I sort of get why, but I like the design of it. I just just quickly wondered what you thought. Do you like the wooden Cyberman, or is it a little bit silly? Um, it's silly, but it works in the context of the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's quite. It's a great design, isn't it? It looks. Yeah. It looks great on screen. <laughs> and I love the fact that Matt's doctor's so pleased that he's tricked him. He's like, oh, you stupid thing, you've shot yourself. It doesn't even work on wood. And I thought, it's quite funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so I like the scene, but I, I kind of get what people think. It's a bit ridiculous, but I like it. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, but no, not I don't think I've got anything else, mate. I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered it. Okay, cool. Um, I liked the little uh, cameo from um, Tessa Peak jones from Only Falls yes she was I in thought it. she was in it more than she is yeah yeah really briefly she plays Marta with her husband Barnabal they're the couple that they bump into first when they get yeah. to the village and explain the truth filter and all that stuff um yeah and I just thought um I thought Orla Brady as Tasha Lem was very cool I really like that character um and that was it really that's all I've got on my notes and handles handles was a nice little nice little thing to have in there Quirky. Handles is great. I'd completely forgotten about Handles. He's brilliant. Um, actually, all the cast in this are great. You know, when we talk about side characters, um, you know, there's a there's a chap who's in it for literally seconds. Um, the doctor keeps calling calling him Barnable. He's like, "Are you Barnable?" And he's like, <laughs> "No, I'm not Barnable, sir." And you know, even people like that that've got one line are giving a really lovely performance. And I just think the cast are on top form in this. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I agree, dude. All righty then, let's get on to scores. I think it's me. I think it's me to go first. Yeah, it is you this and week. And I'm going to give this an 8.5. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, it's really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't quite go to a nine just because, it, like we've said a few times, the story is quite simplistic. Um, it's more of a love letter, but uh, it's it's a beautiful love letter. So not can't quite reach a nine, but it's an eight, a very strong 8.5, yeah. Yeah, same as, dude. The story is a little bit sort of mixy-mashy. A little bit convoluted at times, but um, for yeah. me, the the performances just far outweigh like the negatives with the story and narrative and stuff. I think it's a uh, really, really well acted and stuff. And the feels, mate, you must have oh, got yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah. when I switched off, you must have felt the same. Did you not just sit there and think, "Ah, oh, blimmineck!" Like yeah, I, I love that feeling. I don't not to bang on about the new series, but I, I just really miss getting that and to rewatch something like this and still get those feelings it's, it's really nice i hope i hope to one day get those feelings again from a new episode that would be good yeah yeah snap dude totally okay well it's an 8.5 then from from both of us what did our listeners think so over on twitter thomas hines says a good regen story and a sad ending for the 11th doctor gives it a 10 out of 10 wow 10 okay uh rob over at the doctor who show says tissues at the oh, ready yeah. because it's such a mess <gasps> yeah, Rob. my overriding memory of seeing for the first time is just sheer disbelief that we went from the near note perfect day of the Doctor to this. Uh, packed with stuff that just left me cold and felt like a terrible finale for the Doctor. A five out of ten. Maybe give it a rewatch, Rob, because I must admit that's kind of how I felt when I watched it for the first time. I've really, really changed my mind on it, but yeah, maybe yeah. give it a rewatch. Middle of the road. Uh, from Rob there. Uh, Sam Dooley says, really tough relationship with this one. So many good ideas rushed across a time that is way too short. Matt puts in a terrific performance and there are some standout moments. The regen scene is a tearjerker, but it falls flat for me. Another five out of ten. Jeff Tullin says, love handles. Uh, See what I did there? Love handles. Uh, Loved the bald (laughs) reveal. Felt Tasha was intended to be River somehow. 
Love the wooden mm-hmm. Cyberman. The crack in the wall. Emotional farewell to Matt. Won't be the same for Jody, I'm sure. Times mm-hmm. change, and so must he. We'll always remember. We will, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Halston says, Matt Smith and the 11th Doctor deserves a better finale than this. It feels like a story where they threw everything but the kitchen sink at the wall in the hope something would stick. Having said that, the 11th Doctor's farewell speech is beautiful. Five out of ten. Another five. Doctor Who Holmes says, my third fave story of all time. There's so much going on at breakneck speed, but it knows when to slow down. The way it neatly ties up the exploding TARDIS and cracks in time is satisfying. And the old uh, 11 is the perfect send-off to this doctor the new regen cycle is an epic continuation of the show and the regen itself is moving not to mention how good the siege of trendalore itself as a concept is 10 out of 10 Mm, okay the courier of who i love this episode is shown uh how kind and brilliant his doctor could be for me it's a solid nine out of Mm ten will sanger says the worst pre-regen story the only good part is the final scenes with matt smith there are too many lingering questions and it wastes the potential of the doctor on his final regen there are also way too many villains and a lot of jarring Christmas humour. A three out of ten. Wow. Will not happy. Mm. Let's see what Chippy T thinks. I would have loved the Time Laws to have told the Doctor that he can have more lives, but only at the expense of his current one. He can save the mm. village and Clara, but there has to be a bigger price. Him. The crack was his final hope. Good ending. A nice to see the big ginge kg uh 8.5 tom turlow says i haven't seen it since it was first broadcast so my memories are a bit vague but i do remember it being a bit underwhelming i really liked matt smith and thought he deserved a bigger and bolder exit than this but it was entertaining enough a seven out of ten and lastly sarah louise the running whovian says it was okay but not what i'd expected for matt's exit i liked the concept of the message quote unquote bringing the doctor's foes to one place but they were underutilized it felt rushed as the loose ends were tied up and the ray and the regen issue addressed it may have fared better as a two-parter a 6.5 out of 10 and don't get me started on capaldi's kidneys <laughs> yeah i don't like that either 6.5 <laughs> that was uh the reviews we got in on Twitter. We had a few over on Facebook. Martin Arnold said, having to bring back Karen Gillan sets the tone moving forward and completely hobbles the show. How can you have confidence in your current characters if you need old ones to sell them? And again, mm-hmm. the resolution relies on having to stitch up old plot points that were never properly resolved. The crack in the wall and the silence. Moffat just cannot manage the plates he's spinning. It's okay, but creaks under its own weight. Hmm, I kind okay. of agree with that, Martin. I do. I sort of see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I do see what you mean. Um, which is, I think, what we mentioned earlier is that you can see that issue with the story, but you can sort of overlook it. I think with how enjoyable it is and the performances and stuff. Hmm. Uh, Rob Kelly can't get past the wig. Four out of ten. <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, Cameron Artley says this one seems to have lost its touch over the years. It feels like the Moff didn't get to finish all of his ideas with 11 so they got smashed into one adventure this could have done with another episode seven cyber handles out of ten smashed into another episode Uh, andrew stewart says i've always found this story criminally underrated and a great send-off for my third favorite doctor below john pertwee and peter davison yes the whole naked going to church thing is really weird i don't know how much red wine the moth drank to come up with that Uh, i also think it ties up a lot of plot holes through matt's era and that speech is so beautiful and heartbreaking, an 8.5. Mm, okay. Uh, P.S. 
I remember not wanting to watch the first few Capaldi stories because I was so upset. Thankfully, I really enjoyed Capaldi's Doctor. I went back to watch the episodes that I missed. Oh, mm, cool. Uh, Toby Coleman says, Matt Smith's regen had the hard job of trying to tie up all the threads from his era up. I think it succeeds just. I enjoyed it for the most part. However, there was a lot going on. I can see why some people uh, wouldn't like Tash Lem, Tash Lem, but I didn't mind her. I thought Clara's family was wasted, as were cool concepts like a wooden Cyberman. Mm. Uh, Matt and Jenna have good performances, especially in the regen. Overall, a slightly overstuffed, like a turkey Christmas special that has, uh, that is a fun enough adventure. A seven out of ten. Uh, Simon Ascuri says my first watch I thought it was a mess second rewatch onwards I get what the moth was trying to do Uh, making it a Matt Smith era best of package episode Uh, he is wrapping up most of the plot holes from series five up to this point Uh, lots of little easter eggs in the dialogue and the performance that Matt Smith's uh, and in the performance that Matt Smith gives every rewatch I notice something else good fun seven out of ten and lastly charlie turner says i'll always remember when the doctor was me yes lovely line while it's uh while its pace is a bit far too quick for my liking and plot holes here and there it is nice to see that some of the questions we the fandom had during matt's time were answered but at the same time frustratingly not all of them like whose voice was in the tardis that said silence will fall in the Mm. pandorica opens all it took was one line of dialogue and we would have been convinced. Okay. Uh, it's quite a long review from Charlie. and goes on to give it an 8 out of 10. An 8? Scores, dude. Mostly good, I would say. We had some 10s, we had some 9s, 8s and 7s, but we also had a few 3s uh, and 5s. So, mm, I must admit, if I'd have scored it before I rewatched it, I probably would have been down the lower end. Mm. Um, certainly on a rewatch, so I think I've, it's really gone up in my estimations. Part of me is wondering, though, is it because <laughs> am I liking it more because it's so much better than what the show is now? Like, is it is it just a nostalgic? Oh yeah, this was. I don't. No, it's not. Is it? I mean, the writing is good. Yeah, it yeah. is fun. It's a fun watch, isn't it? But you know what I mean. I'm just sort of thinking. Is it because um, it's taking me back to when I liked the show? I don't know, but it's definitely better than I remembered anyway. Yeah, definitely. Righty then. Thank you very much, everybody, for sending in your your tweets and Facebook messages with your uh, with your your scores and your mini reviews. Very much appreciated, as always. Next week, dude, what we got? Yeah, so next week we're going to be um, starting Torchwood Miracle Day. Now, Blimenek, this is going to be interesting because <laughs> once again, I mean, I don't even I don't think I even finished watching it. I really didn't like this at the time. Um, so let's see if it's uh, improve with age or if. Uh, my opinion's changed given a bit of time. I don't know, but I don't know about you, mate. I don't know if you've ever watched this, but I feel like this is going to be watching a new series. I don't think I even finished it back when it was shown. I got I got about halfway through the series, I think. Yeah, I, I've and seen all of Torchwood, but I've only, I've only ever watched all of them once originally. It's only since you and I have started reviewing them on the podcast that I've started to re-watch them. So I honestly can't remember, dude. Um my feelings on this one at the time um i don't know much like the episode we've reviewed today is it worth just re- you know giving it a rewatch and seeing what we think but if i remember it wasn't as good as children of earth no i, I mean i i yeah i was gonna say we loved children of earth didn't we we've mm. just finished reviewing that and we loved it and it's exciting to go on to new torchwood to see where it carries on from there but 
Yeah, I can't even remember if I finished watching the series. I think I did, but I can remember very little. Um, so this called The New World, isn't it? Episode one, Miracle Day, The New World. Yes. Yeah. Will be next week. Indeedy. Yes. Let's see what it's like. Okie dokie. And on that note, then, let's wrap it up for 349. Alrighty. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back and listening to the Big Blue Box podcast for another week. That was episode 349. Thank you very much again for sending in your scores and mini reviews for the time of the Doctor. A good one. That if you've not given it a rewatch uh, in a while, then go and give it one. Go and give it a good old watch and uh, stick on some of the other Matt Smith stuff as well. What an amazing Doctor, eh? Uh, right, so next week, as Adam said, we are back to Torchwood. We're going to get through Miracle Day. There's 10 episodes of that one, so we're going to kick off with... Uh, as Adam said, the first one, which is The New World. So we'll see what happens with that one. Written by Russell T. Davis, so uh, hopefully will be, a, will be a good one. We'll see. So keep an eye on the socials. We'll be asking for your, for your scores and stuff on that, as always. In the meantime, remember to follow and subscribe to the podcast in your fave podcast app so you won't miss an episode when it lands every Friday. And you can listen for free on the website, too. If you're at work and you've got your browser open and you want to listen over there, you can do that. It is Big Blue Box Podcast at Codet UK. All the episodes are on there. And all of the articles and reviews from our cool writing team. So go and check those out as well. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And we've got a free Discord server as well. All the links are on the website. Come and sign up and sign up. Come and give us a like and a follow and chat who with other Who fans. Check out Adam's stuff over on YouTube. The Geek's Handbag. Go and do that. Geek's Handbag. Yeah, if I can pull my finger out, there'll be a new vid out uh, <laughs> today, hopefully. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, go and check it out. Adam's on the socials too, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So yeah, grab a cup of tea, check out Adam's stuff, and uh, come and give us a like and a follow everywhere. We'll chat Doctor Who throughout the week. Until next time, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Hey. Hey.